Hello and welcome to today's podcast. This is Amber and the website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I am a Reiki master teacher and a shamanic practitioner and I have been running my own healing practice since 2007. The work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union sessions and one-to-one coaching and healing sessions. The website again is sacredspacehealing.org. So thanks again for all your lovely messages, Uh, thanks for all your support, Um, and thanks for sharing where you're at right now. It's great to hear how things are moving in your lives at this time, especially given the circumstances that we find ourselves in, in the world right now. Today's podcast is asking the question... Are you goal-orientated in your spirituality? So uh, I think a a common part, a common um, pitfall in our spiritual practice is that we we get fixated on the end result. We get fixated on the goal. And it becomes more about achieving a goal rather than embarking on a spiritual transformation. Most people turn to spirituality, to a spiritual practice, whether it's meditation, yoga, uh, shamanism, Reiki, a kind of energy healing, whatever it is. Like Most people start seeking when they experience a crisis of some kind, whether it's a physical health crisis or an emotional crisis or, a, or even a kind of spiritual crisis in that they lose their faith in the world or their faith in something is shattered. I think we're seeing a kind of spiritual crisis at the moment in that those people that have given all their power away to governments and institutions and celebrities and uh, politicians are probably having their faith tested right now. And so it's a kind of existential spiritual crisis. But in that place of the crisis, you know, when we hit rock bottom, when we fall to our knees, when we feel like we're crawling through mud and life has lost all meaning, we reach out for something and we try stuff that we've never tried before. We go, oh, well, I'll try this thing. I'll try meditation. I'll try yoga. I'll I'll see an energy healer. One of the things that I experienced consistently as a shamanic practitioner when I was running my sessions in person was that I often encountered those who had tried everything else and the system had failed them so the whether it was the mental health system or you know the uh, the medical system had failed them in some way they'd fallen through the cracks it wasn't through lack of trying or goodwill I don't think they just kind of fallen through the cracks or they felt like they hadn't been heard or that their core pain hadn't been addressed and so in desperation a lot of people like that would turn to things that they would never normally have considered like shamanic healing and so it was a little bit of a double bind because they would come to sessions very goal orientated I want to heal this thing in my body I want to get rid of this thing that I'm experiencing Um, which is at odds with the actual process of healing and also the spiritual truth of uh, these esoteric practices like shamanism. And it often made them quite difficult uh, cases to take on because you knew that 
they were desperate, but you also knew that their expectations were kind of unrealistic and based on a very old paradigm of health, healing, wellness, and spirituality. So in our spiritual marketplace, what we're now fed, and we've been fed it for a really long time, so it's not really our fault if we think this way in some ways, because we've been so deeply programmed, that uh, we've been deeply programmed to believe that all you have to do is set a goal and then do some practices and it will manifest. So, you know, cosmic ordering, um, the law of attraction, all of these kind of things that that are very goal-orientated. 21 days to do this, you know, three weeks to do that. And, um, you know, and I have on my YouTube channel 21 days to a daily practice and 21 days to more love in your life. But I don't guarantee that at the end of it you're going to find the love of your life or that you'll have this amazing daily practice. It's just 21 days because it's a good period of time to create a new habit. But we have this bombardment, especially now, I think it's accelerated in the last few years, of how to fast track. You know, do this thing and you will get this. Get instant results. Listen to this meditation and get instant results. Listen to the sound healing and get instant results. And it's not to say that once we become master manifestors, that we're not able to do that, because we are able to do that, but we're only really able to do that when we have cleared our shit, when we are baggage-free, when we are in alignment and in oneness with uh, love consciousness, with God's spirit universe, with our higher selves, and when we come from a place of the heart. But when we set ourselves goals that are not necessarily of the heart, even though we tell ourselves they're off the heart, or we just set ourselves goals and then we embark upon a spiritual practice to achieve those goals, what happens is that nothing really lasts and we don't really dive deep into the richness of having a spiritual practice or following a spiritual path. Ultimately, I've never really understood this idea of a spiritual practice or a spiritual, like being spiritual, because I kind of feel that that's, you know, that is our essence and that we're actually here to experience being physical. And that um, I think for it's a split for some souls. I think some souls are here to learn to connect to their spiritual selves and their higher selves. But I think other souls are here just to learn to be human. <laughs> you know, what is it like to have a physical body? What is it like to operate on a 3D level? And I often find that people that struggle the most with planet Earth and the way it operates and the things that happen and find that they're very, they feel like they're missing a layer of skin and that they get overly hurt or overly disappointed by the ups and downs of life are those that are here to really just learn how to be more 3D, like learn how to be more physical. And and they don't really need to do that much work to be connecting to their higher selves or their spiritual selves. They actually need to learn to be more grounded and rooted. In comparison to those that are so immersed in the Maya of this world and what they can attain and what they can collect and collate, um, who do need to take that journey to something a lot purer and a lot more connected. But the, the issue with setting goals and having that as the fuel for our spiritual practice means that once we achieve our goals, whatever they may be, our spiritual practice falls by the way. So once we've got the partner, the home, the job, the pay rise, the money, the health, um, uh, 
I don't know, the, the trips around the world, like whatever it is that we said that we wanted, that our life was incomplete without, which isn't true. So that's coming from a place of woundedness for a start. You know, if, you, if we embark on a spiritual practice because we feel that our lives are incomplete without certain things in our lives, our spiritual practice is always going to be bullshit. You know, it's never really going to be rooted in anything of any lasting strength because we will we will pay lip service to it. We will meditate and do the rituals and the meditations and the yoga postures and the healing sessions and the plant medicine ceremonies and the, you know whatever else we feel we have to do. Like we'll do whatever it takes to get that goal. And once we've got that goal, all of our practices go out the window. Or maybe we keep the, the odd few that feel good. And then the goal either stays within our lives or, as invariably happens, hits turbulence. And so back we go to our spiritual practice. Oh, shit, shit, my goal's not, you know, the thing that I wanted. Oh, it's not working out. Quick, go back to the spiritual practice. And then we boost up the thing that we wanted, the job, the money, the trips around the world, the relationship, the whatever. We boost it up again. And then we forget our spiritual practice. And then... Again, the same thing happens, and back and forth we go, and it's this really sort of seesaw, kind of crazy uh, roller coaster existence that never really brings us into our power, because we're constantly saying, well, I'm only doing this thing so I can get to the other side, whatever that other side is. Now, I often say to clients when we're doing the deeper work together, but even you know those people that want to go into plant medicine ceremonies and or do initiations, is that you have to have a really clear idea of why you're doing this, because that's what will pull you through to the other side when you hit the kind of sticky period in between. And I do think that's important. I do, I'm not saying it's not important to have goals. It's really important to have goals and things that we strive for in life. But we can't embark on a spiritual practice just for the goal. And so what sometimes happens with that way of being is that once the goal is achieved, it's like the goal becomes our God, rather than the spiritual practice being a way of accessing God through ourselves. So, um, you know, you see, you, I see this with clients who they want that promotion at work, or they want their career, it's often I want my career to go to the next level. And it happens a lot with artists, because it's so tiered, I think, in the arts, you know, I want my work to go to the next level and then they get to the next level we do the work we clear the blocks of course they can get to the next level why not you know we're master manifestors they get to the next level and then the, the next level like the career at the next level becomes their god and they worship at the feet of that and suddenly they give their power away to those that can get them now to the next level and the next level and the next rather than remembering that it was actually the spiritual practice and the work that they put in themselves into healing and aligning themselves that got them to the next level in the first place similarly with relationships you know people often I mean I think it's a kind of a uh, a pandemic in our society this desire this kind of need this sort of bleeding heart to be in a relationship and uh, it's understandable I mean I think we desire union but why do we seek union in another when union is something that is within us you know, so we put all of our store, all of our everything on. I want my soulmate. I want my twin flame. You know, that's what we want. That's what we yearn and we crave for. I want that partner. I want that relationship. And then we get that partner and that relationship and we worship at the feet of that. We put everything else to one side. We forgo ourselves. We forgo our connection to God, spirit, universe, 
and we throw ourselves completely into this this union, into this soulmate, uh, this thing that we've yearned and craved for for so long. But whenever we put our everything into a physical god, into a god that's outside of ourselves, we are always going to be disappointed. Like that that physical manifestation of God is going to let us down, uh, hurt us in some way, or leave us. Because the desire for union, the desire for connection and unity consciousness is a very human desire. It's, it's, it's our kind of, we've had it since time began, this idea to be kind of closer to a sense of unity and love. But that can only come from connecting deep within ourselves, deepening our spiritual connection. As we do that, we realize that everything is our soulmate, that everyone who crosses our path, every experience that we have is a love experience, is a kind of falling in love with the beloved. Rumi talks about that, talks about that in his poetry. It's about a greater falling in love with spirit, a greater kind of surrendering to the beauty of God's spirit universe, to the beauty of ourselves rather than the seeking of something without ourselves, as in outside of ourselves. So when our spiritual practice is goal-orientated, it's always focused on when I have that, then I will have attained nirvana. You know, when I have that, I will be a master manifester. I will be... I will have attained the kind of halls of achievement in terms of my spirituality. I will have become the guru. I will have become the whatever. And actually, there is no end point. You know, the end point, I suppose, is what? Leaving Earth and moving to another dimension. Like, what is the end point? I think man has always tried to work out, you know, where is the end point? Is death the end point? Or, or does it never end? And I think that is something that we have to have a personal relationship with. But to give ourselves endpoints, you know, when I have that house, when I have that career, that car, that whatever, I will have made it. My journey would have been complete. I will have mastered something. And the truth is that, as anyone will tell you, anyone who's achieved huge amounts of success in their life will tell you that the only way it is maintained is, is in a rooted uh, sense of identity and uh, a steady daily practice, a steady daily infusion uh, of spiritual alignment. And that for the people who attain success and then and then it's it's ripped away or you know the, the highs and lows of life that they sort of navigate like a roller coaster is because they're constantly looking for the next goal rather than tending to themselves and really kind of filling themselves up full of spiritual power. So for the people that have had those incredible moments of success, you know, your five minutes of fame or whatever, 15 minutes, and then it's ripped away again. It's it's invariably ripped away because there was it wasn't ever built on anything of any great worth because the purpose of the spiritual practice was to achieve the goal. And of course, as anyone who's achieved huge levels of success will tell you, it, it doesn't mean that all of those little niggles go away. Like if your underlying relationship with yourself is not healed and aligned, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how many houses or cars you have, you know, how, um, what, your, what your net worth is or how great your career is or the partner that you have. If you are not in right relationship with yourself, if you've not done that work to come into love with yourself, all of those things are just going to be empty victories and they're never going to take away that feeling of emptiness within. So the purpose of a spiritual practice and spirituality and walking this path is to be complete, is to be whole.
And what we tend to do is we use it like medicine. You know, we use it like prescription medicine. We take it to numb a pain or to feel high. Um, and then once we've achieved that, once we've got numbed, we've numbed out or we've got high, we forget to take it again until our reserves dip and then we go, oh, yeah, I need another fix. It's almost like an addict's way of approaching spirituality. And I think addiction comes in many shapes and forms and addiction is very wily. You know, addiction isn't just the wino sitting on the park bench drinking out of a bottle from a paper bag. Like addiction comes in many different forms. And ultimately, you know, addiction is about wanting to escape what we're feeling, wanting to escape the experience that we're in right now. So when we're in crisis and we turn to spirituality, it's not because we're running away from the experience that we're in. It's because we don't know how to navigate that experience that we turn to spirituality to give us the resources and the reserves in order to move through that experience and learn the lessons of it so we can change our lives. But I think what we've been sold now is, oh, you're in an experience, it's painful, you don't like it. Quick rush, rush to some spirituality, like rush to an ayahuasca ceremony, go to a yoga class, do a sound bath, go see that healer, your life will be completely transformed and everything will be fine. And then you can just go back to the way you were before without ever having to resource yourself, look at yourself and grow. The purpose of the spiritual crisis, I believe, is that it, if we approach it with a sense of discovery and, uh, um, and reverence, is that we grow in power. We discover who we, re I mean, we do discover who we really are in crisis, but in spiritual crisis, we really discover the truth of who we are, like we sink or swim. And my feeling is, and what I've noticed over the years, you know, over 10 years of working with clients, is that those that, take, those that use their spiritual practice as a means to an end, very goal-orientated, I want the partner, I want the home, I want the money, I want the career, will continually seesaw in their lives. They'll get the partner, but then the relationship won't work out a few years down the line, or they'll get the partner, but the, the, the underlying issues haven't ever gone, gone away, or they get the job, but the underlying issues don't go away. You know, it'll, it'll be something along those lines continually, because what they're refusing to confront and look at is their core relationship with themselves. Whereas those who embark upon a spiritual journey, a journey with a healer, because they want to fall ever deeper in love with spirit and with themselves, and they want to grow and develop and discover their relationship with themselves, last the longest in terms of um, spiritual and mental wellness. You know, they're the ones that don't come knocking back at the door saying, help, in, and that they're in panic mode, they're the ones that stay resourced, I guess is a better way of putting it. They stay resourced because they use spiritual crisis as a way to really look at where am I under-resourced and where can I start to resource my life? Um, as opposed to spiritual crisis, shit, this is horrible, I don't like feeling like this, uh, how can I get out of it? And then they try and find things to get out of it. And I think one of the final things to say around that is that when we approach our spiritual practice and our spiritual journey goal-orientated, we tend to give our power away very quickly. 
because we're looking for instant results. So we don't discern. We choose not to embark on programs that um, may take longer than a short period of time. We're not in it for the long haul. We're looking for quick fixes and we will keep running to quick fixes because we have this goal that we want. And ultimately, that's how a lot of people end up down spiritual rabbit holes. They give their power away, and I've talked about this a lot, to false healers, to false gurus who manipulate their energy, cross boundaries, screw them up even more so than they were before. Because, you know, the the kind of postscript to all this as an awareness is that people think that everything that is spiritual, in inverted commas, is light, is love and light, and it's not. You know, the spirit world will test us just as much as the physical world. And just because someone is espousing a certain... Um, form of spirituality or form of healing doesn't mean that they're in the light or their intentions are good. And when we're looking for quick fixes, we don't tune into our gut. We don't ask, is this right for me? We don't discern. We just grab. And we go along this kind of crazy path. And yes, we have some wonderful experiences for the memoirs one day. But it leads us down a continual spiral and continual dead ends, and a lot of people really get their energy fucked with. They waste a lot of money, nothing in their life really changes, and they lose, sadly, they then start to lose hope. They start to lose faith in spirituality, in the spiritual process, in healing and energy work, because they were so goal-orientated, they didn't discern. Is this person right for me? Does it feel right in my gut? Can I trust them? They just grabbed the first thing because their desire to be on the other side was much greater than the actual enjoyment of the process. So my invitation is that if you have been goal-orientated in your spiritual practice, is to just stop the goals. Like The goals will manifest themselves when the time is right if you're really clear on what those goals are. You know, the thing about manifestation is that we, we get very clear on what we want, very clear on what we want, and then we let it go. And we trust that it will come to us when the time is right. And I think the thing that really fucks us up as humans is that we either don't trust that it will come to us ever, which is a core wound, a core kind of parenting wound, that our needs won't be met, that we will be forgotten or abandoned or not seen in some way. Um, or it just it, it, it's not happening fast enough for us in terms of what we have in mind. And yet if we surrender what our mind is telling us should be our journey, if we surrender it to what our soul is trying to manifest, is trying to kind of co-create with us on this planet, we might actually have a more exciting, more fulfilling journey and a more enriched spiritually journey. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Do check it out for YouTube uh, clips and meditations that you can start to dip your toes in if you're new to all of this and also just to see the work that's out there that's on offer at sacredspacehealing.org wherever you are on your journey I wish you much love, joy, peace and abundance until the next time so it is and so it shall be